Hi, everyone. Welcome to my podcast. Today's guest we're going to be having is Colette. She's a cinematic arts major, right? Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. (laughs) And we're just going to be talking about monogamy in films. If you want to introduce yourself, go ahead. Um, Hi, I'm Colette Huber. I'm a senior at St. Mary's. Um, I'm a cinematic arts person, and I will be trying to do film and stuff when I graduate and so I will be unemployed so I'm (laughs) I love that little plug Um, so basically the first question that I'm just kind of asking everyone since you obviously know my topic is about like monogamy and kind of the expectations people have with it along with like assumptions of polygamy so I'm kind of asking everyone like do you know what the difference between monogamy and polygamy is and like how would you describe the two um, I would say I, I think I have like a pretty like a good understanding, but there's definitely I could definitely learn more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like to me, monogamy is like one person, whole life, like lobster status, you know, just like that is my one person. I'm not going to be with anyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then polygamy is uh, dating several people and not limiting yourself to one person. Um, when I was a kid, I always associated polygamy with mormonism so mm-hmm. like yeah it was always like kind of looked down upon but yeah. yeah yeah definitely yeah I like that question just because you know it's kind of hard to define the two and so everybody has their own like way that they understand it so that's really interesting um so obviously looking at like films and media things like that have you noticed that there's kind of like a stereotypical like happy ending where like a character kind of falls in love and that's yeah. the whole premise of the movie. And like, what do you think about that? Um, yeah, I I will admit I am a very big fan of rom-coms. Oh, me too. Oh, they're the best. And like, uh, but yeah, it is centered around that idea of finding that one person in, you mm-hmm. know, in these films. Um, and I guess I was always like, thought that that was like the only option, mm-hmm. I guess, like when I watch these, like, and if a person was dating around at the beginning of the film or anything like that, it was kind of looked down upon. It was like, oh, when is she going to find the one? You know, it was, yeah. it's always centered around finding the one. And yes. it's kind of unrealistic a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've definitely noticed that in like, I really love, um, I really love when Harry met Sally. That's like my, oh, yeah. oh it's mm-hmm. so good. And, but it is like, it's like, oh it's it's centered around this idea of like these two are meant for each other and they keep like coming close but not close enough and then mm-hmm. at the end they come together and it's a big happy ending um and actually rob reiner originally mm-hmm. um, his idea for that was actually they were going to break up at the end they oh. were together and then rob reiner met his now wife mm-hmm. i think it's the second wife uh correct me if i'm wrong but um and then he decided to change the ending um but you know just because monogamy's right for him doesn't necessarily mean it was right for him but that's what in the right for everyone else but that's what influenced the film to have the ending it does so yeah oh I didn't know that that's really interesting yeah I learned that on twitter.com sorry I learned everything so something I was kind of looking at is the ways that like we are shown this type of like happy ending from like the minute we start watching movies like in Disney movies like Cinderella and like The Little Mermaid the whole 
premise is like they end up with the person that they're in love with and even like high school musical when we get a little older like they fall in love and then kind of now looking at more of like the Netflix like teen romance movies which I love I'm not bashing them in any way <laughs> um I was kind of specifically thinking about I don't know if you've ever seen to all the boys I've loved before and the whole premise is like she writes all these letters but she has to pick like one person that she wants to be with and like falls in love with and she kind of struggles at some points with like who she wants that one person to be so just kind of like knowing all this like what effect does like seeing this sort of like monogamy have on us from such a young age like do you think it makes people like think monogamy is the only option a hundred percent yeah and I to, to all the boys I love before yeah it's a great film mm -hmm. uh but it you know, and there's three of them now. And in the yeah. last one, she's like, well, I'm going to be dating Peter because, and we're going to make it through college mm -hmm. because of this. And I guess it was the cynic in me, but I was like, <laughs> bullshit. Like that's yeah. not going to happen. I was like, you should date around. I think, mm -hmm. I think that, like that should be something that is not necessarily romanticized, but shown in film. Like it's mm -hmm. okay to like, date other people and like see what you like and what you don't like you know I yeah. feel like it's part of adulthood and a lot of these films like high school musical mm -hmm. and all the boys and all of these high school romance films are always like oh I found my person in high school I was like mm -hmm. uh most people it's very rare and if you are like thinking monogamy only like I feel like you should still date around to see you know who you like and what traits can you date and deal with and what traits can you not mm -hmm. and Sometimes, like, especially in the second one of To All the Boys I Love, she's deciding between John Ambrose and um, mm -hmm. uh, Peter Kaminsky. Yeah. She's deciding between the two. And I was like, both of them have their, their faults and their, you know, pros. And what if, like, the story was she's like, I'm going to date both of you, you know? Like, mm -hmm. it, you know, that yeah. would be crazy, but, <laughs> you know, but it's like, you know, it's, it's she ends up choosing uh, the not superior one in my opinion but uh <laughs> I, I, I was a john ambrose fan he just seemed nicer oh so. yeah i like him <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um it's yeah this whole idea in like high school musical too like uh troy and gabriella date all throughout high school and then it's implied that they date into college and it's just mm -hmm. it's not it's just you know i think it definitely shows kids that like you have to find like the whole disney princess thing it starts from there it's like mm -hmm. kind of one person and you know and it's always heterosexual it's never yeah. homosexual. it's mm -hmm. never any other representation and you have to and then like in the films that we watch as teenagers and into that it's like oh you have to find that one person you're gonna find them in high school it's like that mm -hmm. is so unrealistic have you like i'm heterosexual personally have you tried dating men in high school garbage yeah. <laughs> garbage <laughs> them all. Mm -hmm. terrible and like college, it gets a little better, but like barely. Barely. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's just like, yeah, it's just, you know, it, it sort of tells these little girls, especially that are that are heterosexual that, oh, you, you have to find like the one guy. And then what if like a little girl doesn't necessarily feel that way towards guys and is more attracted towards women, then that's a whole other issue. So mm -hmm. sorry, I kind of ranted there a little bit. No, no, no. <laughs> it was great. And I even had a question that was like, obviously we see kind of a difference between like the way that men and women are portrayed in films and that's its whole um thing obviously yeah. but um 
it's always kind of like in these romantic films, like the woman is the woman is looking for someone to like fall in love with. And usually the man is someone who like will come and save her. And so he's like deserving of it because of this. And like, how do you think that kind of perpetuates these like heteronormative standards? Oh, 100%. I mean, yeah, it's heteronormative up the wazoo. And then like always like the end goal is like, especially in these older romantic comedies, the end goal is marriage. And I'm like, marriage? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Marriage? That's <laughs> um, But yeah, it's it's just, it's, you know, it never shows. I think p- part of it was because gay people couldn't get married for like a really long time. Yeah. And so no one like even thought of that as a happy ending for people that weren't mm-hmm. straight. But it's been a while since gay people can get married. So if you want that like happy wedding ending, mm-hmm. you can have it with people that aren't heterosexual. Yeah. And like, it doesn't even have to be a, a wedding ending. Like I think films that don't have that are just as good, if not better, mm-hmm. that do, but yeah. I was gonna ask if you if you haven't it's okay but have you seen any movies where there's like a different relationship style shown like other than monogamy um they're more less mainstream mm, yeah mm-hmm. this is gonna sound very um it's because I'm very film major of me. Okay, and, I love it. Yeah, it's like it's not a. There was a. I forgot the name of it, but we watched a movie because this director named Fraser. I forgot his last name. Um, I can like get that to you later if you want. But okay, yeah, um, yeah. Basically, this film showed a couple exploring threesomes and an open relationship with mm-hmm. another woman mm-hmm. uh, that they met like a supermarket and. Um, it didn't necessarily glorify it, but it didn't also like put it down. It showed mm-hmm. the complications and it made like the female in the relationship much happier than the male in the relationship. And mm-hmm. um, it was, you know, it was, it's playing on sexuality, it's playing on this, but that's not a mainstream film. Like, I don't even remember the name, but if I did tell you the name, you wouldn't know it, no one knows it. It's just because this director came to our class. So we had to watch a film with this. Oh yeah. But that was the only example of a film I've seen and there were probably many more examples that I'm just not thinking of because I'm not cultured enough or whatever. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but there, that's the only film I can think of that I've seen recently that did not show, that explored polygamy. It's, it's mm-hmm. explored that as opposed to sticking, it's explored monogamy versus polygamy. Um, but in TV shows and more mainstream TV shows like New Girl, Friends, Mm-hmm. All sitcom shows which you know I'm exploring for my project for a different reason yes but I've noticed that like because I knew your topic when I was like re-watching these shows for like research I was mm-hmm. for research uh, <laughs> I, was, uh, I was noticing that uh oftentimes it's like when the when usually the girl Jess or Cece and like new girl for example mm-hmm. when they start dating around it's always like some complicated situation and they and they go oh I don't want to date around anymore I don't mm-hmm. want to date like several people at the same time there's that sitcom trope where it's like the guy's like well I want to take two girls to prom but I can't let them know about it mm-hmm. so I have one side of the room with one of them and then the other side of the room without them and it's sort of just you know that's the whole it's so, and then it always ends up being a mess it always it's always shown as like a big mess that just ends terribly so you might as well just be with one person you got to choose right yeah but yeah it's this um it's always that like that classic sitcom trope is besides like seeing it in more artsy films exploring 
polygamy versus monogamy, it's always seen in those sitcom tropes as mm-hmm. just something that's going to end as a mess and just terrible. So you, yeah. you have to be with one person. Like you tried the polygamy, you tried dating several people at once because you didn't know what you wanted. Mm-hmm. That you hurt everyone's feelings, blah, 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 blah. You know, so you have to choose one person. And then always when you watch these shows, you're always rooting for the two main characters to be together, right? You're always like, yeah, oh, mm-hmm. we're be together forever. So <laughs> definitely. And I think like, in movies too, since the expectation is monogamy, like a lot of the times they make kind of the conflict be like cheating or something. And so it shows like someone is with a new person and that's like the end of the world because they want to be monogamous. And it just like makes it out to be like, if you're not with just one person, then you're like the villain. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like Sleepless in Seattle, one of many Meg Ryan romantic comedies has that she leaves her person that she's with to be with Tom Hanks right mm-hmm. but it's like oh but my I remember my mother growing up wouldn't let me watch that movie to be fair I'm not a big fan of the movie but <laughs> I, I, but that's but for different reasons yeah <laughs> she did not want me to watch that movie because it showed cheating and I was like it doesn't necessarily show cheating it shows mm-hmm. her trying to explore herself and see which person can you know make her mm-hmm. happy, I guess and if she wanted to be with both, I don't see an issue with that as long as you have the consent of the other two individuals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I remember my mom like specifically didn't want me watching that movie because of cheating. And she yeah. was as a bad character because of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of looking at like the way that the media like talks about these things. Like, I don't know if you saw recently, well, this isn't recent, but in like the world, the example I want to talk about <laughs> like Taylor Swift and how the media always talks about Taylor Swift as someone who like has a lot of boyfriends and is like a player and whatever and she's come out a lot and been like that's so sexist like if I was a guy you wouldn't be saying these things like what's wrong with me dating all these people and recently there was a Netflix show I don't know if you've seen it it's called Ginny and Georgia Mm -hmm. and they made like a joke in it and they said um you go through men faster than Taylor Swift and Taylor Swift ended up posting on Twitter and she was like it's literally 2021 like this is such a sexist like degrading joke and like called them out on it which I just thought was really interesting for like her to call out these like stereotypes that the media kind of like perpetuates against like women and having like multiple partners even though she didn't have multiple partners at one time like she just had multiple in her life and so like just have you seen it or like what do you think about this that like women kind of have this double standard and we definitely see it a lot in media uh 100 a double standard mm-hmm. that um and taylor swift is like the most perfect example of that like she is a how many freaking grammys has that woman won like a oh, thousand? Like, it's, yeah. it's like she's a good songwriter and she's talented mm-hmm. and if she was a man she would be only regarded for her talent and not really like anything else is kind of ignored Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I saw that tweet and everything. And I was like, good for her. Good yeah. for her. Mm-hmm. Call them out. Like, and some people were like, it was a one-liner. It wasn't a big deal. And I was mm-hmm. like, but if you allow these little one-liners and these little like digs at women, especially in a, a series about women, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. about with two female characters, like, and you haven't like, it's, it, the, it opens the door for bigger, more sexist things to come through, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And um, 
it was I appreciated her calling out that also Netflix did this right after they did a documentary about her mm -hmm. and I was like, okay yeah, yeah weird um but Taylor Swift is an interesting figure not only because of the sexism that she's faced um just because what well, she's like in her 20s right like she's, uh, she's she might be 30 now but she's she might be but like during that like part of her career where she was dating you know people Mm -hmm. everyone dates in their 20s like unless unless you are asexual or whatever like mm -hmm. if you like most post people especially women date different people and that's mm -hmm. normal but because she's and men do it too but because yeah. she's a woman there's sexism around it mm -hmm. but taylor's interesting i grew up hating taylor swift oh, okay um and then i realized that was internalized misogyny mm -hmm. i was 100% seeing what everyone around men were saying yeah. about her mm -hmm. and I went oh shit I can't do that I have to like I can't I can't date around I can't be like Taylor Swift I don't want to be a slut like all this stuff she's not a slut and also if she was no. who cares yeah who cares um, <laughs> but like you know as a kid I was like whoa I hate Taylor Swift and it was like something to seem cool but it was 100% internalized misogyny and I know I'm not the only one realizing that I've seen a bunch of TikToks me too yeah <laughs> now we were like I'm sorry Taylor Swift mm -hmm. I was an asshole and yeah. I had this internalized version of you know what femininity should look like mm -hmm. and what dating can look like for women but you know and so I'm glad that she I felt like she had to be silenced a lot of her career because mm -hmm. of the that were in charge of her and I'm glad she's like kind of taking agency and you know taking like the narrative for herself and being like you know what I can date and I can do whatever I want you know and well not whatever I want but I can I can you know do what normal people do and I don't need your sexist remarks at me yeah but 100% like yeah those little digs in like Ginny and Georgia and there's oh there's countless Taylor Swift jokes mm -hmm. um but those little like digs and stuff just really even though like it's a one-liner it's whatever it it's and she, she was overreacting first of all calling saying a woman is overreacting to defending herself is sexist in and of itself yes i'm sure you've been told like i've been told like oh you're overreacting mm -hmm. no i'm reacting i'm um, just yeah <laughs> yeah but she's just yeah she is she's cool she's cool and i like her but you know and so yeah, but these one-liners, sorry, I got off no. <laughs> These one-liners really just allow, like give specifically people, more sexist people maybe that identify as men usually, mm -hmm. uh, it opens the door for them to be like, well, she's a slut, well, she's a whore. Mm -hmm. but, you can't say that, you know? So yeah, that's my yeah. opinion. <laughs> Definitely. And I think something interesting that you mentioned was that like, a lot of what she used to like have to present herself as was because of like the men around her like telling her what to do and I think maybe you can speak on this because I don't really know but I'm pretty sure like most directors are males I think that's a fact <laughs> and so obviously these ideas of like love and like women falling in love with the man who's going to come and like save them is because like the people who are writing these movies and films are literally men yeah and i will say most rom-coms are directed by men but also written by men mm, yeah and to me the best um the best movies are like or books i guess i'm talking more about media now but mm -hmm. the best men are always written by women in my opinion yeah <laughs> uh, like uh gray's anatomy um 
uh, like Pride and Prejudice, all this stuff. But yeah, a lot of these, they are directed by men. And they're, I watched a documentary about uh, the sexism female directors face. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called like Behind the Something, but it's really good. I watched it for Ginny's uh, Sundance class, actually. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it was like, they were talking about how they they're like oh women can't direct uh they they only direct like chick flicks and stuff like that and they're like okay well let us direct chick flicks and they're like no we're gonna have uh george the third direct it yeah (laughs) have more experience with it and then you know it leads and there really is such a difference between the male gaze and the female gaze and it Mm -hmm. is so apparent especially in these rom-coms it's like oh well if a woman was directing that we wouldn't have a white ass white ass (laughs) shot of the ass of the female you know, so yeah. it's, yeah, and, you know, it's, it's crazy, but yeah, like, there needs to be more representation behind the camera, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and I, I think even more so than in front of the camera, in front of the camera, we're seeing more representation, which is great, and we still have a ways to go with that, mm-hmm. but get some, get some non-white men behind the camera, for God's sake, I'm so sick of seeing the same thing over and over again, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely, and I think something we used to see more, we see like a little bit less of now, but again, still needs work is that like, there used to be such an idea of like, when a man and a woman get married, it's like the man like pretty much owns the woman and the woman is just like there to do the housework and be like the loving wife. And that definitely plays a role into like the ideas of monogamy that like used to be more popular that kind of like, the man picks the woman and then just has like one person who's like his wife and it's never really about like what the woman wants or anything and so I think it's kind of hard to like there are so many stereotypes to break in order to get like all the way towards showing like polygamy that it's difficult sometimes a hundred percent yeah it's like if you want to get to polygamy representation you have to break through sexism Mm -hmm. and racism and this and this and this and it's just insane it's crazy but um it reminded me of the what you said about this sort of like a woman has to like you know cook and clean in these like after they get married it reminded me of uh did you see crazy rich asians i did yeah yeah you know um Gemma chan's character she Mm -hmm. like she's richer than her husband and she's constantly having to hide her business and her Mm -hmm. buys and all this stuff away from him not because he's like, oh, why are you spending our money? He's like, he feels insecure about it. And then mm-hmm. he cheats on her. Yep. And thank God they show her leaving him at the end. Like, I'm not gonna, you know, and this this whole, like, oh, a woman has to cook and clean and not make as much money as the man. And this just is really toxic masculinity. It yep. really is. It, mm-hmm. It's not a woman's problem at all. It's always the men's. Yeah. <laughs> No, so I'm not that I don't hate men. I, I realize it kind of sounds like I hate men. When I'm no, talking, no. <laughs> but maybe I hate men. Maybe, maybe, yeah, I, maybe I do. <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, this, so that when I saw that in Crazy Rich Asians, I was like, that's a great storyline. I love mm-hmm. it. Um, I love that. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, you know, it's crazy. But yeah, toxic masculinity is a really big issue, especially in representation. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, we've kind of touched on this already, but I was going to ask, like, how do you think the media and film industry can try to, like, break these standards and, like, get more into things like polygamy or, like, open relationships? 
Um, yes, we did talk about it. And I would say invest in more artsy films that mm-hmm. show these topics because I know that there's more films that show it. They just don't yeah. get the big budget money. But um, I think it. I think it'd be a, a worthy story to tell and a good expense and I think it would make these studios big money like to tell something that isn't like oh they end up together at the end and they're like and these studios would be like oh well we want them to end up together at the end because that's what tested well with audiences and Mm -hmm. I'm like well just because you did something always the same like there's new audiences to reach with this yeah definitely it's an interesting story to tell so Mm -hmm. like that in that independent film well, I had some issues with it, like story-wise, it was a little like, you know, long and stuff, but it's, uh, it was an interesting story. And I was genuinely intrigued the whole time. Yeah. Um, more intrigued than I would be with like a rom-com starring whoever, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I've seen it a million times. Like, I just think that studios need to invest in new stories and new storylines yeah. goes in line with representation and, um, just everything with that I think it'd be interesting so you know it's really I hate to say it but like film and television while there are lots of more independent films that explore these topics it's not gonna cultural change won't happen uh unless big studios invest in it sadly Mm -hmm. um capitalism you know uh but um it's it's interesting I think people would like it and I think it gets some Oscar noms like I think would be it would be good I think I Maybe I'll just write it. Maybe I'll just do it. Okay, I love that. <laughs> I'd watch it. <laughs> yeah. Um, those are all the questions I kind of had ready for us. Unless you have anything else you want to like bring up? Or no, I definitely ranted a lot during this. No, thing. I love it. It's really good. I think it's great to even like talk about these things. And yeah. it's necessary. <laughs> those were great questions though. I, I genuinely was like, Ooh, I could talk about this for hours. Let's discuss. <laughs> I know. I sometimes I get on such a tangent and I'm like, I could go off on this, but then I'm like, no, turn it down. We've got to focus on one thing. <laughs> exactly. All right. Oh, I feel that. But yeah, this is so fun. I love this. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on my podcast and letting me Thank you for inviting me. Of course. <laughs> <laughs>